You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Kishmini Hatzeres Hayatzarech Lios Nun Yom Achar Hachag. It was supposed to be that this would be a regular Yamtiv, seven days. First day would be Yom Tov, and then the next six days, and for us would be the first two days, and then the next six days of Chalamoid. It was not supposed to be, it was not supposed to be another whole new Yom Tov coming afterwards. But because God wanted to save us the trouble of walking back to Yerushalayim in winter, so therefore... Hashem made Shmini Atzeres come early. In other words, just like Pesach has 50 days between Pesach and Shavuos, there was supposed to be 50 days between Sukkot and Shmini Atzeres, but between Pesach and Shavuos, the walk back is another, another few days. You walk again. There was no rain, there was no, there was no, uh, nothing that would get, but after Sukkot, it's cold and it rains. So the, Hashem wanted to save us the trouble, is the language that the Medrash uses. Now obviously, and the Torah isn't built around our convenience and our comforts. So there must be something deeper that our sages are trying to say. So it says this Fasemis. Ha'inyan he, the idea is like this. Kemobi Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. After Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. She'achar shenigalu. After we were redeemed. We were on the lowest of the low. We were in a very bad place. We had to purify ourselves. Manu memtes yemei tohar. We counted 49 clean days. Please notice the language. Yemei tohar. Meant to echo the words that the Torah uses for the laws of Nida and for the laws of Ziva. We had to have 49 clean days. Kamashikasu bezoar akadosh parshas amor. As the Zohar uses the language, like a woman counting days of Nida. What, what is Tohar in, 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 in this particular context, though? What, what makes you clean? What makes you pure, I should say? So, spiritual purification. This is all, it's echoing the concept of the physical Nida, who needs mm-hmm. to have seven clean days. So we needed to have... 49 clean days, spiritually speaking, where our minds were spiritually clean. However, says the Svas Emes, K'mokein b'yamim elu, Rosh Hashanah v'yamim kippurim, on Rosh Hashanah in Yom Kippur, Shenigalu b'nei Yisrael mi Yetzer hara. Now, I think in this case, the Svasemis likes to use a lot of uh, Rashi Tevos, which is uh, abridged words and acronyms. But notice how close the word Miyetzerhara, the way he spells it, is to the word Mitzrayim. Yes. Meaning that whatever the Jewish people, it's a beautiful idea, whatever the Jewish people were physically escaping in Nisan the Jewish people are spiritually escaping in Tishrei. And that's why we need the same days of purification. Liskos the Torah to merit the Torah. 
Okay. So uh, what I want to tell you is what he's going to answer is a very, very important question. And again, we'll come back to the first days of Yom Tov, but this is more in the second days of Yom Tov. This is a question that has occurred to you. It should have occurred to you. And if it hasn't occurred to you, it should occur to you now retroactively for all time. Why is Shemini Atzeres Simchas Torah? Where does Simchas Torah come from? I mean, Eretz Yisrael, it's the same day. What? The joy of the Torah, Shemini Atzeres, is a Yom Tov that doesn't have any mitzvahs. It's just the day of us being private with Hashem. All of a sudden, we filled it with these hakafos and the dancing and the and the, and the celebration and the siyum and all that. Where did Simchas Torah come from? And if you look in the Gemara, you can search and you can search and you'll have a hard time finding Simchas Torah. In fact, in the days of the Gemara, there weren't always people who finished the Torah once a year. There were groups that finished the Torah at a different rate. So where did Simcha's Torah come from? Says the Sfas Emes, that Simcha's Torah is the Shavuos of the month of Tishrei. Meaning, just like if by Pesach, in other words, he's saying the source is this Madrash Tanchuma. The Madrash Tanchuma says you need 50 days after Yitzhak Mitzrayim, and then you could receive the Torah. And that's all on a physical level. So then if, if Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur is the same Meitzarim, the same narrow place, the same place of, of judgment on a spiritual level as Mitzrayim, and then Sukkot, is the escape from that freedom, um, the escape from that um, state into freedom, then what should follow seven weeks later is a spiritual Shavuos. He says, however, it's because the seven days of Sukkot are so powerful that they can accomplish the equivalent of what it takes seven weeks during Sphere Seven times seven. Well, it's seven times seven. We, no, it's seven times... Uh, but he's saying, and this is something that I think everyone misses. Everybody misses this. Sukkot is seven days of spiritual work. Not two days of cooking and five days in Six Flags. That's not what Sukkot is. It's seven spiritual experiences. It is Chesed, Gevura, Tiferes, Netzach, Hod, Yisod, Malchus, that same stuff you're doing during the series of Omer. That's what you're supposed to do. When you go into the Sukkah tonight, you are not just sitting in the Sukkah in a hut, eating outside of your house in cooler weather, you're sitting surrounded and enveloped by the chesed of Hashem, meant for you to become and perfect all the chesed that's within you, and in return you receive that chesed. On the second night of Sukkot, I'm thinking the second day, you are sitting enveloped by the Gevura of Hashem. That's why Yitzchak comes to your sukkah. And in return, you are going to work and think about your Gevura. It doesn't stop there. We don't settle on no Tiferes, no Netzach, no whole people running around trying to find ways that they should be putter, putter from sitting in the sukkah. Sit in the sukkah. 
eat a meal on each day of Sukkot and use that day to absorb the Netzach of Hashem and work on your Netzach, the Hod of Hashem, and work on your Hod. That's the Shpizim shpi- comes from. Going back to uh, what you uh, said about uh, Simcha's Torah and Shemini so when do they start celebrating Simcha's Torah? When does it become an organized... Uh, yeah, hundreds of years ago. It's, a, it's, a, it's around the 17th century. Yeah, earlier than that. Earlier than that. It's in the Zohar. What does, what does Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, how does that fit into the process? Is that part of the Tahara? Right, so he, he's learning that Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is the time of judgment, almost like we're, we're in Egypt on a spiritual level. And, we're, and we're, we're escaping. Like Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is, is the process of escaping the Egypt, which is us the whole year. So he says, so what you can, what you can do in seven weeks during Sefiris Omer, you can accomplish seven days. How? How can you do, if something takes 49 days, how can you do it in 7 days? The answer is, because you're sitting in the sukkah, and the sukkah is so powerful, it's lights that it brings down upon you, are so powerful, that you, it, it, it'll, it's, it's a, what's the term they use today? A fast charger. But right now they've only come up with a fast charger that charges 3 times as fast. The sukkah, is your spiritual seven times fast charger. The lulav. And then you have the lulav. The chesed Hashem achofif aleinu, with the kindness of Hashem which comes upon us. If people would know the power of the lulav and esrog and the sukkah, if people would know the power of the lulav and esrog while you're standing in the sukkah, you wouldn't put it down all yom tif. Gamnera, I'd also like to suggest, says the Svas Emes. Kiatam Kemoshikosu Bezorah Kaddish, the Zohar tells us, the Baal Tshuva, that someone who has done Teshuva, Asiyam Bechel Sagi has extra power. And in one moment you can fix a lot. There's a certain power of a Baal Teshuva who can press the fast forward button and accomplish more in less time. We are all Bali Tshuva. Everyone within the last week has done some serious Tshuva. So we fix things very quickly. And therefore through Shmini Atzeres, we merit to attain a level of Torah that brings us automatically to Simchas Torah. The reason is, in these high holidays that came before, we fixed ourselves. We became vessels to receive the flow of blessing and holiness. And when all the holiness hits you, that's on Shmini Everything that you have been praying for, everything that you've been hoping for, all the great spiritual levels that you've been striving for, it all opens up the tap. You think it's your Geshem that you're asking for. 
But it's not Geshem that you're asking for. It's the spiritual influence from above, which in the physical form is rain. But in the spiritual form is the Torah that comes down from Shemayim. There's only one problem with this explanation. But because if you put the Galut, we, we just divide it, but it's all one day. Yeah, but yet one day, but then, then you're over in Baltosif. If you want to go that seven days, like yeah, seven weeks. Fake it, the Yom is not Baltosif. That's, that's not a problem. I heard you saying, but that's not, uh, that this, it's within Baltosif has rules. Yeah, he but, says, but we, you don't say, let's, instead of seven weeks of Sephira, let's do it, uh, nine say it's 56. Eight times, uh, I know what you're asking, but Baltosef has rules. Baltosef has rules. It's not, oh, you're not over Baltosef. We don't do Sphira because we can't, they wouldn't be two days apart. But, but Sveika the Yom is allowed. When, when, is, when is the Zohar written? First century. The first century. Yeah, but it's not revealed for another. I was going to say, that's early. 1200 years. Yeah, the Zohar is written before the Gemara, before the Mishnah. The Zohar was written by Ramshon Yeah, first century. Two thousand years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, so he says, we get everything. As it says, now you are able to receive. You've come to perfection. You know what perfection is? You've become a vessel for blessing. The perfect shape of a person is to be open to receive from Hashem. So, the Sephardim, they do uh, Teshiva 40 days. They say Serichot um, for 40 days, right? right? 30 days before Rosh Hashanah. So, if we do the 49 days, wouldn't that be purification? Everybody does 40 days, because everyone does teshuva through Elul and Yom Kippur. You just guys have more slichos, oh, right? So so you guys have a, a deeper level of teshuva. Some say it's because you eat rice on Pesach. <laughs> <laughs> um, but y- y- you, you've taken the, uh, a more intense... Teshuva over all 40 days. By the Ashkenazim, it begins a little bit on Elul, and then slowly it becomes more and more. So, so, but everyone does Teshuva for 40 days. He's saying that after Yom Kippur, when we are finished doing Teshuva, we now become vessels. But in order to become the vessels to receive this purification... In other words, it's like the, in the, if you use his mashal, it's like after Yom Kippur, the woman has stopped being Nida, but now she needs seven pure days. So you have to, and we know the seven, you can't start seven right away, you have to wait four days, five days, four and a half, however it works, and that's the days between Yom Kippur and Sukkot. And then you count seven days, the seven days is the equivalent of the 49, those seven days, and and on the eighth day, you are now absolutely (coughs) pure, and you are ready for what we call yichud, being alone in privacy with Hashem, which is a metaphor. So that's that's the fulfillment of the relationship. But you have to be open to receive, also a metaphor, and that's, um, that's what makes us, Mishmini is the time when we are ready to receive the spiritual influence from above. So 
So teshiva and purification, <coughs> the two different things, right? Right, that's right. One is to... I would say the 40 days is like in Egypt, the plagues and all that stuff to escape. While, uh, and, right, and Yom Kippur is like, Yom Kippur itself is like the day of Pesach. And then the next day we start counting. In this case, that would be the first day of Sukkot. So he says, So what's the reading, the Torah reading for Simchas Torah? Bezos HaBrachah. Vezos HaBracha is not just the blessing that Moshe gives. Vezos HaBracha is this day. Vezos HaBracha, this day, is the day when everything that you've davened for, on Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot, if you make yourself a vessel on the day of Simchas Torah, it'll all come down. And when we realize that today is so open to receive anything, that's on Simchas Torah, we can't help but dance with all the spiritual lights that are coming down on that day. And the dancing itself channels all that bracha and all that light. And I, I, it's, so, uh, it's so sad to me. And I don't make it a sad thing. It's so sad to me to see people miss all the, these spiritual opportunities. Every step is really channeling the Netzach and the Hod and all the spiritual elements of walking in the circles and the seven circles and all that. It's like the bride going around the chasen at the, and then, and then, then there's the yichud and the, the privacy and there's all, it's like the stuff that's going on and people are worried about like, is there going to be any cheese puffs left for me? <laughs> uh, and and uh, it's, 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 it's a, it's a big day. It's a big day. And, much of it goes to waste because we just teach people, we sit in the sukkah because Hashem said to sit in the sukkah, and we don't learn that there is so much more that's happening on each of these days, and we should take a few minutes on some Torah in each day of sukkahs, and especially and consider the great lights that are coming down on that day. So you'll say, well, how do I know what to think about? How do I know what kind of lights are coming down? I think from Rabbi Aaron Sarvechik that Shimon Agasarid is the day that we enter the Israel, we conquer the Israel. I don't know where he got from, but is there any source for that? Ritzadik HaKoyen talks a little bit about the conquering of Yericho, which involved going seven times around and, and all that. By the way, right. the same concept that you're talking about, like a, a wedding between us and Hashem, is it the reason that one of the blessings on the Yom uh, we put a uh, talit out. Yeah. Mezrat Hashem, hopefully it'll, we'll get a little bit of clarity in the talit also. Remind me to bring it back up. Page 219. So you'll say, well, okay, so these are great days, but I don't know anything about these days about what's happening on each of these days. So what am I supposed to think about? Oh, it's a great day, stuff's coming. So let's learn about what's actually going on on these days. Page 219. At the top left, and um, Praiseworthy is the one that you, Hashem, choose and the one that you bring close, etc. He says, This verse alludes to the three Yamim Tovim. Listen to this. Be Pesach v'Yitzias Mitzrayim. 
Six months ago, Pesach, Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, Nivcharu b'nei Yisrael mikalam, the Jewish people were chosen from every other nation. That was when the choice was made. But Matan Torah, and when Hashem gave us the Torah on Shavuos, Kervanu l'fnei har Sinai, that's when Hashem brought us before the mountain and gave us the Torah. Ubesukas, Yishkon Chatzeiracha, and in Sukkot, Hashem invites us to live in His home. Pesach is a statement by Hashem saying, Will you marry me? Shavuos is the wedding, and Sukkot is where He takes us home. But not in your head. That's not enough. It needs to be in your heart. It needs to be that this becomes real to you on an emotional level. That's why the verse continues, Nizba Batuv Beisacha will be sated by the good of your house. Kimikol ha mitzvos. Every mitzvah you do. Sarech Ish Yisrael, every Jewish person has the lekabil ha'ara to receive an illumination, kavua belev, which is embedded in your heart. There must be a feeling that comes with every single mitzvah. Is this from Tehillim's statement? Yeah. Asher Yitivchar Sikar Vishkon Chatzirach. Yeah. So. What he means is like this. I can't stress this enough, and he's going to talk about it a little more, so we'll wait till he talks about it soon. But when you hold the lulav and the esrog, you need to be feeling something. And we'll talk more about what kind of things you can be feeling um, soon as we get through this. But it's supposed to affect you. Affect your emotional relationship with Hashem. It's not just a... And it's almost silly to see people just holding a stick and a lemon and and walking around or, um, or waving in a different directions. What are you doing? What are you doing? Like, what are you doing? You think God wants to? I bet I can get them to to, to shake around. anything. You think that's what this is? There's something more going on here. It's about what, uh, certain things that you're supposed to think about and feel. So think about and feel those things. And he says, sometimes we forget that. So in every davening, Marv not, but Kamokem we say, Ashrei Yoshve Veisecha. Fortunate are the ones who dwell in your house, O Messiah, but Odia Halalucha, they still praise you. She Yishayr Mizeha Ara Laolam, there has to be something that remains, an impact that remains forever. Mechayin Ashrei, fortunate is the one Ozlobach, whose strength is in you. And Messiah Besilas Bolvavam, the paths in their hearts. Lechayin, Nitein Halulav Uminav. We are given a lulav and all its kinds and all the species. Lekabel Haaras Hasuka, because the lulav allows you to channel down the light of the sukkah. As it says, you should take for yourself. And I'm going to try to explain this a little bit. I'm going to give you the, the general secret of the concept, even though it's not much of a secret, it's a complicated idea. But listen to this, because it's really, really deep. If you get this, you will know the 
at least the lowest level of the highest levels. That is like this. We know, Sphiris Omer, Chesed, Gevur, Teferis, Netzachod, Yisod, Malchus. We count seven times seven, we fix ourselves on all 49 levels. And then, day 50. Where are we on day 50? What's on top of, what's on top of Chesed? It starts again. No. On top of that. Oh. Keter is one. What's number three? Bina. Bina is Ima, which is the mother, the first He of Hashem's name. When you transcend the seven, means you're no longer working on just your behavior. You are now working on what's called Mochen, the intellect. When you are connecting, not on the lowest level, which is not stealing, not but you are in a place where you're working within your mind and perfecting your thoughts and your emotions, and in that place, you have now transcended the physical realm to the spiritual realm. That's where you go on Shavuos, and that's why you receive the Torah, because you're past all the physical, you now entered into the spiritual. The the That realm called Bina, is your sukkah. It is such a high holy place that, for example, the Lubavitcher Rebbe told his chassidim, we can't sleep in the sukkah. We can't sleep in the sukkah because you are sleeping in, in, in... It's not in front. It's within the, um, the physical manifestation and representation of the attribute of Hashem called Bina, which is Ima, which is the mother, which is why Sukkah is spelled with a hey at the end, which is why sorrow was Yiska. I mean, this, it just goes on and on and on. This, that's the light of the Sukkah, but that's so high. How do we channel that down through all seven parts of us? You know what the answer is? One lulav, one esrog, three hadasim, and two aravas. How many? Seven. Seven. Every time you pick up those species and you wave them in one direction, you are channeling from the realm, which is realm 50, which is shavuos, which is your sukkah, you're channeling that down into you and towards you. So he says... That's why the lulav and its species are given to receive all that illumination that comes from the sukkah. As it says, mm-hmm. it's a, to you, right? You're taking the right. Like it says by Sfiras Omer, Does it also explain why? When you do shake them, you, you're supposed to sort of bring it toward you. Right. That's exactly what you're doing. Each time you go out, yeah. you connect to a certain realm. And when you come in, you channel that. And each, we don't have time and we're not learning you know, Kabbalah, so we're not. But in theory, each waving, each out and in, is supposed to have a different thought with a specific intention for a specific light and a specific there and all that. So, even if we're not going to have it, at least to have the general concept. And that's why the Kabbalists, take a look, you'll see all of them 
will do their shaking of the lulav in the morning before shul, or they will do it after Shmona Esrei, but before Halal, in the sukkah. That's what I was just going to ask you. Because we don't do that as a rule. We do. We make the bracha. But people, we should be. People should. Right, but that's not something that's been taught. Right. That people don't know. Like, well, what does one mitzvah have to do with exactly the other? That's what I was going to ask about it, because we do it in shul. We're not doing it in the sukkah, in shul. It's interesting. So you should go out in the morning. So if you can, and you're going to do your shaking, you should go out into the sukkah and do the shaking, and then come in for halal. And then you can still do it with halal and everything else. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're doing it before Shmana, uh, before So you, you make the bracha, al-tzalulav, and everything inside before you go to shul in the morning. Yeah. This is funny for me. The but make the brachas first. The puzzle on my face is that I thought there was no other way except the way that you have to do it in the right. shul before you come to the... We do it in the, your sukkah in home. Exactly. You come to the exactly. You're wondering, like, who are the people who are not shaking their lulav in the sukkah? Everybody else. And right, because everyone shakes the lulav in the sukkah. In fact, you go to a Hasidic shtibul, they will take a five minute break after Shmon Esrei before before the Hallel, and the whole shul empties out. Everyone goes out into the sukkah to shake lulav, and then they come back in for Hallel. It's Standard procedure. And this is the reason why. Because the sukkah is so, so high, how do we channel all that light? And the answer is through the lulav and the esra. Uh, I'm kind of backtracking a little bit. Uh, trying to absorb everything. But I think I see now the connection with saying the Jehillim, Psalm 27, where you're focusing on what you want to do to dwell in the house of Hashem, and that's what you're leading up to. So I, you know, I can see why we do that. Shifti Beves Hashem, Kol Yimei Chayai, is a reference to the Sukkah. Yeah. yeah. Okay. How, how do you say and Bina is the same? The gematria is not the same. No, it's another name for Bina. Bina is Ima. So, oh. okay, we are, we're avoiding the Kabbalistic talk. We're trying oh. to stay on a. Right. So he says, the Kasev, it says in the Pasik, Sod Hashem li the secret of Hashem is to those who fear him, Ubriso lahodiam, and his covenant is to make known to them. Kamashikasev, as it says, Zecher Asal Nifla Osav, Hashem creates. A remembrance of his wonders. Shemulvad haniflois shaasemanu akadish baruchu. Besides, for all the amazing things that Hashem has done for us, he shirlanu zecher. He has given us a remnant. Venasalanu mitzvus. He has given us mitzvus. He's given us opportunities. Shal yideim nucha lahargish ulizdabik baosan haniflois, through which we can connect to those wonders. I want to say it like this. If let's say you had a very rich uncle who has a bank account with a billion dollars in it and he has given you and said this bank account is yours, it's in a Swiss bank, it's all yours, enjoy. Will that help you? No. How do I access it? I need access. So he says, oh, don't worry. Here's the card. Is that going to be enough? What do I need? A place to put the card in. No, there's, the, the, there's an ATM the outside code. this bank. You need the code. You need the pin. Right. You need the pin number. Not pin number. You need a pin. Right. Personal identification number. Number. So, if he's saying, Zecher the mitzvahs, each mitzvah is a card. And knowing how to use it properly 
is the pin to access all the amazing things that come from each of these mitzvahs. You should know. That the Jewish people sat in sukkahs. Now whether it means they sat in sukkahs or it means they sat in the clouds of glory, he takes the approach that the Jewish people sat in both, which is really more likely the truth, because we know there were clouds, we know they lived in huts. So they lived in sukkahs in the clouds of glory. Do you have any idea what kind of clouds of glory? These are not clouds, they're not rain clouds. These are the clouds of glory. What's kavod? The level of awareness of God that the Jewish people were experiencing while they were in the Midbar was incredible. And Hashem says that account of spiritual knowledge is yours to access. Build a sukkah. He says, Bavada Yeshiva Sananiya Kavit, sitting in the clouds of glory, Hayudavar Pella was such a wondrous thing, Mufla Machusa so concealed and hidden beyond our understanding. But through the mitzvah of sukkah, Miss Orer Bechal Shana, every year there is awakened, there's aroused, Ha'ara Miosa Yeshiva, an illumination of that dwelling. If you sit in the sukkah, you sit in the sukkah tonight, you sit in the sukkah tomorrow, you are sitting in the clouds of glory, maybe not quite the same version, but you are sitting in a pop-up version of the clouds of glory. But those lights are beyond what we naturally should be able to handle. So Hashem did us a favor. And He arranged for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur right before. We think Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are the big days, the days of awe, and then afterwards it's kind of down. He says, no, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are just to help get you to the place you need to be for Sukkot. You can only get to this place. After the days of Teshuvah. Hashem says, return to me. Then I'll return to you. So Hashem says, and in fact, in in uh, in another place, this Fas Emes writes this. I'm just putting this in. He says, it's only after we've gone through such a rigorous cleansing process that Hashem lets us sit in the sukkah. So, who's trying to avoid sitting in the sukkah? Who's like, oh, I felt a drop. I'm out of here. There's a bee. You want to sit in the sukkah, right? See, he says, He says, and what if you're in a panic? And you say, well, I didn't really do tshuva on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. All of Rosh Hashanah, I was busy thinking about this. All of Yom Kippur, I was busy thinking about that. He says, You can actually do Teshuvah on Sukkot. Because we ask, Sometimes Hashem makes us do Teshuvah before we do Teshuvah. So he says, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur is us doing Teshuvah first, but there's option two, which is that Hashem returns to us and then we return to Him. But he says, According to this, it's 
pouring rain coming like crazy. No, no. Still, uh, you have a heel. The In some places will do that. But he's not saying that, because if you're in Tsar, then the lights shut off in the Sukkot. Right, you have to be in, you have to No, I don't mean the lights. I mean the spiritual lights. If it's not Sukkot, it's not Sukkot. But, 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 right. But, but the people who are saying, okay, you know, the first drop, you know, I'm out of here, when technically it's still... Uh, he says, of a klal b'nei Yisrael and ba'al tshuva ba'aseres yimei tshuva, spoken like a true chassidish Rebbe, he says, in the end, that doesn't exist. Every Jew does tshuva during aseres yimei tshuva. L'chein nitin lanu asukas achakach, that's why we get sukas. Mashachal shem shemayim ala sukah, the walls, the schach of the sukah are literally the names of God. In fact, he doesn't say this, but it's brought down in the books, the word sukah, its numerical value is... Samach is 60, Chaf is 20, that makes 80, Vav and He is 91, that's yeah. spelled out, and the name Yud Ke Vav Ke is 26, Aleph Dalad Nun Yud is 65, put them together, and you get 91. So those two names, Yud Ke Vav Ke, Aleph Dalad Nun Yud, which are written in many Sidurim intertwined, your sukkah is made of that. And it shines on the Jewish people. And as we said before, he says, we can't access it. We don't have the tools to access it. Shor Hashem gives us, literally, it's a four-number pin. Lulav, Esrik, Hadassim, Aravos. Lulav, Aminav, through the Lulav and its kind. Yeah, yeah, they got it from here. Nuchal, Lekabel, Ha'arezu, Belev, Nefesh. Through the Lulav and the Esrik, Hadassim, Aravos, we absorb this into our heart and into our soul. He says, L'chein Isa, She'enotin, Lulav, B'Shabbos. That's why we take off on Shabbos. K'mobit, Tfilin, Sh'intzarach, B'Shabbos. Just like we take off of Tfilin on Shabbos. Because Shabbos, all this happens automatically. Whatever lights are in the sukkah on Shabbos, you just, you, instead of you needing to bring the lights down, on Shabbos you go up to the lights. That's why we don't need the Lulav and Esther. So the, the original reason why they said is you might carry four Amas, whatever, but it's really because our sages understood that Shabbos can accomplish whatever the Lulav is accomplishing. All of Tzari is Ein Sorek. Yeah. Mm. We know that the tefillin are a channel by which a person receives from above the physical. Just like an antenna on top of a house can receive lights and images and sounds that, um, that you couldn't perceive and then channel it into something. The tefillin are a spiritual antenna. Shabbos, which is itself a sign, of an extra soul, every person is holy, and you can get, receive that light without tefillin. He says, sitting in the sukkah on Shabbos, what a special thing. Because every day you have to work so hard with the lulav, with the esr, gadasim, the <coughs> make sure they're kosher, make sure you wave it the right way in all the directions, three times each way. Just sit in the sukkah on Shabbos, and it all comes to you. All that lights, all that influence, which is above nature, below hadal, meaning without the four species. Shabbos is the day of the soul and not of the body. And so if you think back to what we learned before, it makes sense that this is why after seven days of this, after seven days, we're on such a high level 
then now we don't need anything. We leave the sukkah, we leave the alul of an Even the people who sit in the sukkah are only doing it in case it's day seven. But essentially day eight doesn't need any of that. And we find ourselves spiritually receiving light and influence beyond anything that we can understand. And that comes in the form of Torah. And that's what Simchas Torah is. May we all merit that we should spend the next uh, nine days um, fulfilling our mitzvahs, turning ourselves into the proper channels, and receiving all this light to purify ourselves and connect to Hashem on the most intimate level. Everyone have a good yom. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you.